6.30. SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much to the Money Web team and welcome back to South Africa. Siki back from Davos last week in Switzerland and they'll be back on your radio tomorrow at 6 o'clock. My name is Brad Brown. This is SAFM Sports Wrap with you until 7 o'clock this evening. And coming up on tonight's show, we'll be looking ahead to this evening's Africa Cup of Nations action in Group B. We'll also chat to uh, the man who's not only captain Bafana Bafana at an African Cup of Nations, but has lifted the trophy. Yep, that's right. We'll be chatting to Neil Tovey later on on this evening's show. We'll also hear from Minister of Sport and Recreation, Fakile Mbalula, who is in Equatorial Guinea, uh, and he spoke ahead of Bafana Bafana's vital clash against Ghana tomorrow night. And then uh, we'll also touch base with the president and acting CEO of Tennis South Africa, Kevin Crooks. We spoke last week after the resignation of John Lafney de Yaga and uh, there's been a board meeting and the new interim captain has been appointed. We'll find out all about that later on in this evening's SAFM Sports Wrap. We start with some football news. Group B action in the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations concludes uh, with the top uh, of Group Tunisia taking on the Democratic Republic of Congo while the Cape Verde Islands face Zambia tonight. We'll chat to Mo Ali a little bit later on in this evening's program uh, to find out exactly what we can expect with those two games. Meanwhile, in the Asian Cup, South Korea secured a place in the Asian Cup final for the first time in 27 years. They overcame Iraq 2-0 in Sydney earlier today. The South Koreans will face the winner of tomorrow's second semi-final between hosts Australia and the United Arab Emirates. And the final takes place on Saturday as they look to end a 55-year wait to lift the trophy. In news out of the PSL, the January domestic transfer window will close on Friday afternoon at 5pm in what's been a fairly quiet January transfer window to date. Supersports United have emerged as the biggest movers with Kaiser Chiefs as Kingston and Carter joining the Protea, uh, the, the Pretoria outfit while New Zealand international Jeremy Brocky has also penned with Matatanta. Chiefs, meanwhile, acquired the services of Chipper United's David Zulu, while Amazulu brought in Roscoe Peterson from Supersports United on loan until the end of the season. Usutu have signed Mamelodi Sundown's Bongi and Tuli on loan until the end of the 2014-2015 campaign. Tennis South Africa announced today that current South African Fed Cup captain Earl Granger will take over as the uh, provisional Davis Cup captain following the resignation of John Lafney Diaga last week. South Africa are due to, pay, uh, to play a Euro-Africa zone group two tie against Turkey and Merson. Uh, that's in the first week of March 6th to 8th of March. And as mentioned at the top of the show, we'll uh, hear from the president and acting CEO of Tennis South Africa, Gavin Crooks. Match day eight at the Australian Open once again provided some thrilling tennis today. Chris Bowers is in Melbourne and he filed this report. It's a favourite phrase of tennis journalists to speak of a changing of the guard when the established names lose to younger players. But the clichés in use after the day eight results will be rolling back the years, recalled the glory days and such like. Because at 34, Venus Williams is in the quarterfinals of a major tournament for the first time in over four years. Williams was very impressive in beating the sixth seed in last year's semi-finalist Agnieszka Radvanska in three sets to set up a generation game quarter-final against Madison Keys, an American 15 years her junior. And the prize for winning that may well be a semi-final against the other Williams, this after Serena came back from a set-down to beat Garbini Muguruza in a very close match. Serena now plays Dominika Sibulkova, who beat Victoria Azarenka 6-3 in the final set of another high-quality match.
In the men's, the four matches provided the expected winners, which leaves us with a quarter-final lineup of Djokovic against Raonic, Vavrinka facing Nishikori, Berdichap against Nadal and Murray versus Kyrgios. For most of those players, it becomes a new tournament now as the level of opposition rises considerably. Two of those matches take place tomorrow, with Burdick expected to give Nadal a run for his money, and Australia's last survivor, the charismatic but controversial 19-year-old Nick Kyrgios, facing Andy Murray on the night programme. Chris Bowers for SAFM Sport, Melbourne. On to some rugby news. The Springbok trio of Martinets, Bosov, Julian Riedlinghuis and Warren Whiteley have all extended their contracts with the Lions until 2016. Yaku Krill and Ruan Dreyer have also signed on for a further two seasons with the franchise. Waylon Murray has uh, re-signed with the Sharks after Super Rugby and Curry Cup stints with the Golden Lions, Southern Kings and the Bulls. The 28-year-old has been offered a one-year contract in Durban. Meanwhile, Springbok women's sevens captains in Asia Jordan will lead the team in next month's second leg of the World Rugby Women's Sevens World Series in Brazil. Jordan missed the opening leg of the competition in Dubai in December after undergoing knee surgery. The only other change to the 12-member squad that participated in Dubai was uh, is the inclusion of back Siviwe Basweni. They replace uh, Sanazo Nobele and Zayanda Tiwaleni. In some cricket news, India was 69 for 2 against Australia earlier today when rain ended play at the Sydney Cricket Ground. The team shared the points on offer, which means that India are still alive in the competition. Australia have already qualified for the final in Perth. That takes place on Sunday, and India's windfall means that the winner of the round-robin match against England on Friday will claim the other place in the final. That's what's happening as far as your sport goes from around the world. Next, we chat AFCON with Moali. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, all the Group B action concludes this evening in Equatorial Guinea. Eight o'clock kickoff for both those matches. Mo Ali joining us now. Mo Zambia are in real danger of not making it through to, to the next round. Indeed they are, Brad, and uh, who would have believed the 2012 champions would uh, battle? They failed to reach the uh, second round at the last tournament in South Africa, and uh, it's going to be a huge ask for them uh, to beat uh, Cape Verde. In fact, these two teams were in the same qualifying group, and uh, Zambia winning their home win, Cape uh, Cape Verde uh, winning their home game. Uh, so it's even as far as that's concerned, but uh, two huge blows for the Zambians. Uh, they've lost their Southampton striker, Emmanuel Mayuka, who scored uh, the only goal of the game. Uh, in that uh, 2-1 defeat uh, to Tunisia uh, for the Zambians and uh, injuries growing, uh, stretching to get a second and uh, he uh, I believe has gone back to Southampton uh, to get some treatment for that groin injury and uh, they've also lost Nathan Sinkala, another influential player uh, he plays for FC Zurich uh, in Switzerland so two big players are lost for the Zambians and there was also a bit of uh, internal strife I understand after that uh, defeat to Tunisia in their last game so it's, uh, the odds very much against uh, the Cape Verdeans whose coaches said that he's looking uh, well beyond the quarterfinals. He wants to go further in the tournament. So they are very, very ambitious, are the Islanders. I absolutely love it. And, and so they should be. I mean, they've had a, a wonderful campaign. The, the last few years, they've, they've uh, surprised a lot of people. But uh, Zambia definitely under pressure. The other match uh, sees uh, top of the group Tunisia in action. Uh, they, they shouldn't have too many problems tonight, Mo. They've looked quite good. They have looked good, and uh, they've they've got a very good record as well against uh, the Congo, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and even uh, Zaire, as they were known before then. And uh, you know the the uh, Southern African side sides normally struggle against uh, the North African sides, and uh, they're so very well organised are the North African sides. And George Lekens, uh, the the Belgian, has, has really done a very good job uh, with the Tunisians uh, picking up the pieces. And uh, they they uh, they've met three times before at the Nations Cup uh, against the. Uh, 
the Democratic Republic of Congo and uh, they're unbeaten in those previous meetings and in fact uh, the last time uh, the DRC went through to the quarter-final stage of the tournament was uh, way back in uh, 2006 in uh, Egypt, so uh, they've got a tough task ahead of them, but, uh, you know, they've got a match winner, I can promise you that, in uh, Yannick Bolasi, who's really uh, showed his quality with Crystal Palace and uh, with uh, the DRC, although they may miss their West Bromwich Albion midfielder and uh, captain Yusuf Mulumbu, who uh, injured a hamstring in their last game against Cape Verde. All right, let's look at uh, the combinations of what, what could possibly happen. Tunisia, if they win tonight, they definitely threw. I mean, there's no, no two ways about that. It's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, it's impossible for anyone to catch them. But if, uh, if they do draw, it obviously opens up uh, the, the sort of uh, window for, for Zambia and the Cape Verde Islands. Well, Zambia, Zambia have to win as well because uh, they've only got one point. Uh, and they're right at the bottom of the log. So whatever happens, they've got to win the Zambians. A draw might be enough for, for Cape Verde, uh, particularly if uh, Tunisia beat the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, if uh, the DRC uh, manage to beat uh, Tunisia, uh, then uh, you know it, it changes things as well because it would mean that uh, the DRC would go to four points and level with Tunisia. And uh, if the Cape Verde then also win, then it will come to a head-to-head situation and uh, they'll have to look at the records between those three teams. Fantastic win for some exciting action tonight. Kickoff is at 8 o'clock for both those games. They are being played concurrently because it is the final game of the group. Moali, thank you very much for that. We look forward uh, to some live updates this evening uh, on SAFM from 8 o'clock. And uh, we'll chat again tomorrow. Uh, ahead of Bafana Bafana's crucial game against Ghana. Speaking of which, coming up next on SAFM Sports Wrap, we chat to Neil Tovey. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and uh, we're chatting AFCON right now. Vital, vital game for Bafana Bafana tomorrow night. They take on Ghana. It is their final uh, match in Group C at this year's AFCON. It's been uh, an interesting campaign to say the least. Fantastic qualifying leading into the tournament, and then it Disappointing loss, 3-1 to Algeria, one all draw to Senegal on Friday night. And we're joined now by a man who's no stranger to AFCON action. Not only uh, has he played uh, at an AFCON, but he's also lifted and, the and trophy. Finding, former Bufana Bufana captain Neil Tovey. Neil, welcome uh, onto SAFM Sports Trap. Thank you for your time tonight. Yeah, good evening to you guys. Neil, pressure on Bufana Bufana big time tomorrow night. It's a, it's a must-win clash. Uh, these, these sort of games are never easy to go into, but what you've seen so far, you, you think we've got a, got a chance of winning this one? Yeah, most certainly. If we play the whole ninety minutes, not uh, and not for patches in it, and uh, and if we defend well, uh, we've uh, certainly got a chance. You know, we've dominated matches against very good teams. Number one in Algeria in the competition in Senegal. Uh, so we don't have to feel that we we're not good enough. We're certainly good enough, but we've got to do it over ninety minutes. We've got to defend a lot better over ninety minutes, and we've got to get ourselves organised and communication game. And he's certainly got a chance. You raise a very interesting point there. I mean, these tournaments, obviously, you need to score goals to win there, but you can't be leaking goals at the back. And that's the thing that's, that's let us down in, in those two games. We've, we've got our, our noses ahead, but we haven't been able to, to finish things off. Yeah, we, we just haven't been quick enough in our thought patterns. Yes, in each game, we have been defensively uh, been put under pressure by substitutions and injuries and uh, through those substitutions, you know, substitutions through those injuries. So it has sort of just disrupted the, the source of course of planning. But nevertheless, we, you know, even in the qualifiers, uh, we were found lacking in, in our in our defending duties. And you'll say, okay, well, how, how do you get that, Neil? 
but so, when you've got your goalkeeper being your man of the match on three occasions, you had to have been worried. You know, so, certainly you put in your goalkeeper under a large, under huge pressure. So there were signs already in the qualifying, although we didn't really you had a good qualifying uh, defending without getting too many goals in, but there were signs already then. So the structure we need to get sorted out. We need to uh, worry about the, the crossing and defending crosses. Although Ghana are a different type of team, they, they're very similar to us. They play similar football, the quick interpassing, but we, we've got to defend a lot better. Yeah, as far as the pressure in, in these sort of tournaments, it's one thing getting there and, and the pressure of qualifying, but once you're playing, and it was probably a, a lot different in 96 because we, we were playing here at home, but going into a game like this, uh, I mean, the pressure is immense because it's a case of if you don't win, you go home. We do need uh, sort of other results to go our way, but it's still in our hands and, and, and we, have to, we have to win this one. Talk to us about the pressure that the players are feeling going into tomorrow's game. Well, football is a, is a pressure game and all uh, at, at any time. You know, uh, 96 were at home, but you had a huge pressure of, of performing at home. You have different kind of pressures. And, uh, you know, this team is a, is a, is a team that Shakes is, is trying to build. So there's, there's pressure of a lot of the players, you know, trying to find their feet in the AFCON. But we don't realize what a huge major tournament the AFCON is. It's, it's a really, really difficult tournament. There's... there's International players from from playing in all the major leagues all over the world, and so the standard is really really high. You just have to look at Man City, the, how they coping without uh, Yaya Torre, you know. So, you know, they, 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 it's, it's a high high standard, but you know, it's about just being a re- organized, structured, and then don't don't feel belittled uh, with 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 any team. You know, feel that you're confident enough to go out there and perform. We're very confident going into the tournament. Done that one or two performances, uh, and it wasn't even complete performances. As I said, it was only moments through through the matches so far that uh, that have caused us a few problems. So go out there, play our game, and you know Ghana is a team that you can beat. Ghana, Ghana haven't been impressive. They and uh, for that goal in by um, Dion in the last minutes of the match, they haven't been performing well at all. So. Uh, we must go out there full of confidence against them. They haven't beaten us on the AFCON. So we, we, we've got no reasons not to win, although, you know, it's not in our hands completely, given the fact that, that the other, the Senegal and Algeria, we need a result on that side to go for us. Yeah, we, we've got to do what we can do, and that, that's essentially win, and then hope that uh, the other result does go away too. Yeah, we've spoken about the defensive lapses at times, and, and that's cost us. Also, finishing in front of goal, which has been a problem for a long, long time in, in South African football. We, we're creating lots of opportunities, but unable to put the ball in the back of the net. What would you say is the, the biggest positive to come out of this campaign? I mean, we've played some great football in the build-up to qualify for this tournament, and, and, and we do, at times, look very, very good. Yeah, we outplay a lot of teams, and uh it's all about their composure in front of goals. I really, really enjoyed Manius's goal the other night. He didn't run as blasted. He just placed it into the corner. And that's what we have to do sometimes. But moreover, we we also got to make the right decisions at the right time. You know, when to, to play that extra pass, to try to get in another pass, then maybe you could shoot. Or maybe you can shoot and uh, pass and then instead of shooting. Uh, so those decisions need to be taken at the correct moment at the correct time. Can you believe it? It's been 19 years since that incredible campaign back in 1996. Do you sit and watch this one and, and, and think back and, or, or maybe think now, gee, I wish I was there still still doing it? 
Oh, most certainly. You know, it's a wonderful competition. It's as I said, it's, it's you cannot believe. You know, we I was just speaking with Andre the, uh, last evening, and uh, we were saying, you know, when we when we played in '96, you you actually don't realise what you try, what you what you are achieving. You know, you just play when you play football professionally, uh, and and only 19 years later, you realise what you actually did achieve because it's 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 that it's that difficult. For 19 years, Bafana Bafana has been trying to do it again and haven't come close. So, uh, but whilst you play, you just play in each game to win and win the next one. And uh, so when you when you're not playing, then you realise what an achievement it was. You brave enough to make a prediction for tomorrow night? Yeah, I think we'll. I think we can win the game. Uh, uh, most anything, we can win it. Uh, whether we qualify is obviously beyond beyond us in, in, in terms of the other the other teams playing in the other match. But I think we most certainly can beat Ghana. Yes, without a doubt. Neil Toby, thank you very much for joining us this evening on SAFM Sports Trap. Always great to catch up, and we look forward to chatting again soon. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Thank you very much. Thank you. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, someone who will be in the crowd tomorrow night in Mongomo is uh, Minister of Sport and Recreation for Kile Mbalula. He's thrown his weight behind Bafana Bafana. He was speaking in a packed press, uh, press conference ahead uh, of that match, which was attended by both South African and Ghanaian journalists in the hotel that the two teams are staying in. SABC sport journalist Valile Mbule, who's covering the AFCON tournament, compiled this report. Mbalula arrived in the Central African country on Thursday and watched the one-all draw against Senegal the following day still believes that anything is possible in this group. He said he didn't only address the media, but was also present in the afternoon training session at the Santiago Nguenoma Stadium. The energetic minister is still full of hope, despite his side being bottom of the group with only one point. I think uh, we are quite optimistic about uh, what is coming our way uh, in terms of the match against Ghana. Uh, I firmly believe that uh, we can still make it uh, in the final uh, stages of uh, the group stages of this tournament. Um, you will all realize that despite uh, uh, other teams winning, the group is still open. And I think everybody will be going to the last match with a view of winning and staying in the competition. And I think it has lived up to the expectation and uh, to the general characterization that indeed it is a group of death. But we always believe that out of the group of death will come out alive. Those who have to die will die and uh, will actually go home, but will not be counted amongst them. South Africa's good relations with Ghana are well documented, on and off the field, even from the historical backgrounds. The Black Stars were adopted by the South Africans during the 2010 World Cup and renamed Bagana Bagana before they exited the big spectacle in the last eight. Malula recalled this good history, but says tomorrow it will take a big seat. It's going to be unfortunate uh, between us and Ghana because uh, we've got a good camaraderie. Uh, we call them Ghana Bagana. For now, we'll call them Ghana. Uh, they will become Ghana Bagana after uh, Tuesday. Uh, but uh, we have had good times with Ghana in South Africa. And uh, we have really had, uh, had a close bondage with them. But also our history and Ghana's history in the African continent as one of the first countries to be liberated and to taste liberation and lead the way through Nkwame Nkuruma. And the close connection between them and the liberation movement in our country, Nelson Mandela. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, on Tuesday we'll forget that.
Uh, and we're looking forward to a very exciting match uh, between the two teams. And I think uh, good luck uh, in advance to everyone, but uh, victory is certain for Bafana Bafana. Bafana qualified from a tough Group A unbeaten and with a game to spare, having also ensured that reigning African champions Nigeria are denied the chance to come and defend their title. After a 3-1 loss to Algeria and 1-0 draw with Senegal, Balula has reminded that Bafana, ranked 52nd in the world and 12th in the continent, are grouped with three teams that are in the top five in the continent. You can see that all teams are ready and they are prepared. They are playing their hearts out. Ghana itself lost the first match uh, against Algeria. They came back, they won 1-0. So that tells you the determination of all teams in the group and uh, in this competition. And uh, South Africa is no exception. And uh, we were here to prove our point and our worth. And I think we have made our mark that we are not just a statistic. Uh, we are here to compete. We are here to fight for our space against the best in the African continent. A win for Algeria against Senegal in Malabo could still be enough to see Bafana through to the last eight if they beat Ghana. But it will go down to the goal difference, meaning Ifram Sheikh's Mashaba's team should at least win by a two-goal margin or more. But Mbalona reminds again that this is a long-term project aimed at sustainable success in the future. Therefore, expectations should be realistic. And uh, you must know that in South Africa, AFCON is not uh, an end in itself, it's a journey. And um, to us being here is important, to weigh up and to play good football. And I think uh, the boys that we have now who are playing, they are very much fantastic and uh, they are very much prepared and uh, they play fantastic football. We are happy generally as a nation uh, with regard to the performance of our team. If uh, it so happened that we don't go through, that too will be football. That too would have meant that uh, it was not meant to be. But there was, there's always next time uh, we will come back. But uh, I'm confident that uh, we can still fight through and uh, realize our victory and qualify uh, going forward. And such is the spirit in the camp, I think so. No matter what kind of result would be registered tomorrow by Bafana, Balula is clear by one thing, that the time for shortcuts and quick fixes is over. Building for the future and sustainable success is the way to go. Vellemboli, SABC Sport, Mungomo, Ikitoral Guinea. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM 104 to 107 FM and uh, Tennis South Africa announced today that uh, Earl Granger, the current Fed Cup captain, will be taking over as uh, the interim coach of South Africa's Davis Cup team. That after Davis Cup captain John Lafnidiaga tendered his resignation. It was just over a week ago. We join now by President and Acting CEO of Tennis South Africa, uh, Gavin Crooks. Gavin, welcome on to SAFM. Thank you so much for your time this evening it's been a, a, a tumultuous week for tennis south africa uh, thanks brad and uh, good evening to all your um, listeners it's it's great to be on your program yes brad you know it's it's always disappointing and and sad when uh, one's uh, you know when one of uh, one's uh, foremost uh, management team uh, decide to uh, decide to resign and uh, you know the 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 initial reaction probably was um, you know where's tennis South Africa going and and, and things like that. So I think uh, at the time, obviously, I was uh, away on holiday, uh, and uh, everyone needed to wait for me to come back, uh, and that I did on, on Wednesday, and uh, immediately scheduled uh, a board meeting for Friday uh, last week. And uh, you know, as as one would expect from a national federation, which is, is run very similarly to a listed company or public company, uh, you know, the board considered all its options. Uh, it considered, uh, you know, what, um, 
<clears throat> what plans uh, for uh, an eventuality like this that it, it had in place. And uh, our decision was uh, to approach Earl Granger to, um, to accept uh, the position uh, on an interim basis or for the remainder of uh, this year's competition. And, and part of the reason for that is that, um, you know, he, he obviously is doing a good job with Fed Cup, uh, uh, knows all the rules uh, of Fed Cup, which are very similar to, to Davis Cup. Uh, and then secondly, you know, the board, um, uh, the board has made, a des- made the decision that it would like uh, the, the term of Kenya of the, the Fred Cup and Davis Cup captains to always run concurrently, uh, you know, if JL had elected to, um, you know, uh, serve his full term, uh, his tenure would have ended as Earl's uh, ends on the 30th of September, and then we would go through a a process which we've done now on a couple of uh, on two uh, on two previous um, uh, periods of of tenure, uh, where we put together a panel uh, and we in, we invite applications uh, from uh, uh, from all the interested parties who wish to be considered for the captaincy, and uh, uh, and then the appointment uh, follows from the recommendation of that panel of experts. So. Um, you know, that's, that's very much the process going forward as well. Kevin, as far as uh, John Lafferty-Yaga's resignation, I mean, when he did resign, there was a lot uh, written in the media. We, we've spoken to him here on SAFM uh, as well yes. since, since that happened. He, he made a, a lot of points that, that the reason for his, his resignation wasn't that he wanted to leave. He would have loved to have stayed on, but it was becoming more and more difficult for him to operate and, and, and things to happen the way he would have liked to happen within the structures of Tennis South Africa. You've obviously heard those, those allegations from him. I mean, what, what's Tennis South Africa's well, take on that? Well, Tennis South Africa. Well, first of all, I, I haven't obviously had the benefit of hearing, uh, you know, hearing the interviews. Uh, I obviously have seen the uh, the email uh, that he sent to the board and to uh, to council of Tennis South Africa, listing his uh, uh, his concerns. Um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of that uh, would have been resolved uh, if uh, we had managed to meet uh, when the board of Tennis South Africa. Uh, proposed to JL, which was that he attend um, our 5th of December board meeting last year. Can I say to you that our board meetings um, for the year are set uh, around about this time of the year, so it wasn't as if, um, you know, the 5th of December was a particular day we just pulled out of a hat. Uh, And unfortunately, you know, JL had uh, committed himself to the IPTL in Asia, uh, and, um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, just I think by for- force of circumstance or otherwise, um, uh, you know, um, commitments from, from all sides didn't result in us getting together face to face as a collective in terms of a board uh, to, you know, address Jail's address collective concerns. I think the board is also of the view that Jail uh, uh, perhaps. Um, didn't understand um, all the governance uh, requirements that the board, uh, you know, faces, not only, um, you know, with us being a non-profit company, which needs to be run as if it is a public company. And, I mean, uh, we also have to deal with all our stakeholders and we need to be in a position at all times to to account to our uh, our stakeholders. And I think, uh, you know, some uh, some of the, um, some of his issues uh, relate uh, directly to, uh, his contact that he had with us, um, you know, as an employee, 
and and those uh, shouldn't um, you know shouldn't be in the public domain. And I think uh, you know uh, both sides uh, both sides are wiser uh, for the um, for for the uh, the the unfortunate situation. And uh, certainly from Tennis South Africa's perspective, we'll be polishing and. Uh, and, and refining, uh, you know, the, the future Davis Cup and Fed Cup captains uh, contracts so that uh, hopefully we, you know, everyone understands um, what is required. I think the other point that needs to be made, which is what I, I very firmly emphasized today, uh, was the aspect that uh, whoever, um, you know, is appointed Fed Cup and Davis Cup captains uh, individually going forward, uh, we'll go through an induction process with uh, our international tennis uh, committee, which is a subcommittee of the board, so that uh, you know everyone understands um, very clearly um, what is what is required in in, in all respects, uh, Brad. So yeah, um, I think uh, you know um, uh, we we are wiser for the experience, and um, as I say, we we certainly. Um, we certainly will engage uh, and will be inviting JL to come and address the board. Uh, we will send him our four board meeting dates for this coming year, and he, he can choose which one he wants to come to. Uh, and the other point uh, that I made today is that uh, what we will be doing is we will, uh, we will invite uh, all um, interested players who would qualify to be selected for Davis Cup to, to come together with ourselves and JL and um, you know whatever um, issues might be floating around um, in, in that forum uh, can can be aired uh, in in that appropriate forum. And uh, you know, not I don't think uh, you know that's something with respect that needs to be aired out in the public. Um, and um, yeah, uh, and I think uh, you know that's the way uh, federations and companies uh, uh, operate. As I say, it's a, it's a dispassionate. Um, uh, hard look at hard look at oneself, and uh, and and we get on and uh, and move on. Fantastic, uh, Gavin Crooks, the president and acting CEO of Tennis Africa. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Also, best of luck to Earl Granger, the uh, stand-in coach uh, or captain of the South African Davis Cup side, and uh, yeah, important tie coming up in Turkey first week of March. We're looking forward to that. Thank you for your time, and uh, we'll chat again soon here on SAFM. Thank you, Brad, and uh, good evening to all your listeners. SAFM Sports Wrap. We'll have more on that this coming weekend on SAFM Sports Special. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Don't forget, football kicks off at 8 tonight. We'll have live crossings with Moali here on SAFM. The talk shop with uh, Naledi is up next. Uh, I'm Brad Brown. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Have yourself a great evening. And don't forget, you can catch some more sport on AM Live tomorrow morning. Until then, cheers.